0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the West London Sport QPR podcast. Uh, We're recording this 24 hours after Tuesday's one all draw with Swansea City, thanks to Lyndon Dykes' fabulous diving header deep into stoppage time. Uh, That result followed Saturday's 3-1 defeat by Sunderland, and although it was a much-needed point against the winless Swans, the facts don't lie, and it's now just one win at home in 11 months. Um, It's also only the fifth point the team have picked up in 10 home games since Gareth Ainsworth's appointment in February. Uh, I'm joined as ever by Kevin Callan. A man who played 554 professional football matches more than myself, although he can't boast an Ealing Primary School's under-11 league winners' medal. Kev, can't can't boast for that. Ian, you've done me. <laughs> Kev, given it's the most recent match, we'll look back on the Swansea game, and I think it's fair to say it was a, a better performance than against Sunderland, but really a game QBR have to be winning. Yeah, I thought I think so. Um, we.
1: Yeah. Before the game, I mean, before the two home games, I was, you know, I thought, you know, we we need to pick up four points here. So you draw against Sunderland or you win or whatever, four points. But then if you win against Sunderland, that was a tough game for me. You you can go and go again and beat um, Swansea. And um, watching the match last night, there was nothing in that Swansea team other than I thought Grimes was a decent player for them. the other centre midfield player. Fulton and uh, Cabango was pretty solid. I, th- I think we had we've, we got a better team than them. Mm-hmm. I really did. And um, I just think, you know, 1-1, one, one, you know, it feels like a victory because of uh, a goal in the last few minutes and what a fine header it was by Lyndon Dyson. Man, don't take away the quality of the cross from Milius Chair, but a great header, good movement and uh, good technique to get it in from a good 13, 14 yards. So... You know, score header like that. Fair play to him, and that's a good confidence boost for him. Uh, but you know, I, f- I still feel we've got problems at home because of the way we set up. Um, I was, I was looking now after twenty minutes, they had sixty-eight percent and we had twenty-two percent of the possession. Now, a game that we've, we fans and the club and everyone involved feel that we need to go out and win. For the first 20 minutes to concede that amount of possession and to be 1-0 down, there's no getting away around it. It's just not good enough. And uh, by the end of the game, we got the goal back and we got back to 49 to pretty much 50-50% possession. But <clears throat> you can't go into games. The games I feel that like QPR was struggling are the games that were, and I said this, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I've said it to you privately, is the games we are expected to win. And that was a game we expected to win. And they are hard games because when I played, you know, you play a a team that's near the bottom and the crowd expect you to win. They're tough games. You've got to break them down, but you've got to start on the front foot. You've got to put it on them. And at the end of the day, Swansea haven't won all season. And this was a game to put it right on them, get in the lead, and just keep going and keep going because the fans are backing the, the team. There's no doubt about it, considering, like you just said, we haven't won at home since last October. I mean, I think the fans have been absolutely fantastic with the support they've given them and turning up in numbers, but the actual vocal support, unbelievable. And I thought that was a, a game to start on the front foot and put it right on Swansea because they were fragile. They're a fragile team. They haven't won all season. They also lost their Derby game at the weekend. And you go one one goal up against them and you could see them, cr- you could see them crumbling. But we give them a goal. Was it handball? Yes, probably it was. I still think the keeper should have done better. I don't know what he was doing there. But, you know, the referee or the lines was missed that. It's a blatant handball from what I can see on the replays. It's a very bad angle, but it looks handball to me. And to give them that sort of goal, it just gives them something to hang on to and a little bit of belief. And we, and we struggled for a long periods of time to get the goal back. And we did some good things. But then there was a there was a bit of a lull in, um, in the second half between... I reckon 70 minutes and the actual goal where we didn't really create anything we didn't look like we created anything and then sort of out of the blue fabulous cross from illis chair and a fine header from lyndon dykes who must be feeling that he should be starting games It's a regular scottish international i know he got injured but they're the sort of games where i think he should be starting and maybe playing too up front
0: yeah i mean i know you shouldn't look back but if you cast your mind back to kind of 12 months ago and quite a few of those players that were in that team last night, you know, they played a poor Cardiff team, a poor whole team and just brushed them aside, 3-0, I think 3-1. And you look at that and what it is now and sort of go, it looks like almost two completely different, different teams, um, you know, and, and that sort of sticks in my craw a little bit, that there are players in there that can play better than that. But I mean, I do feel a little bit, they're being inhibited by the, the system in, in place. Um, I mean, for the Sunderland game now, well, it's, you know they, they, should, they say you shouldn't tweet when you are drunk, when you're angry. Although I don't think I've been guilty too many times of the former, but on Saturday I was very much guilty of the latter. Um, now there's nothing worse than someone talking about themselves, so I'm going to do exactly that. <laughs> Please bear with me. Um, now it certainly wasn't my intention to be part of what the kids say a Twitter pylon, but that's certainly what happened. I was a Steve Cook, admirably I guess, stood up for his manager after I expressed frustration what we witnessed following Jack Colback's sending off on Saturday. Um, for full disclosure at West London Sport, our editor at David McIntyre looks after the home games. I usually go with my two kids, eight, ten and seven. So the journalist hat comes off and I'm just a fan like everyone else. But uh, I have to say it's been quite tough trying to keep them enthused in this football club. that You know, specialises in disappointment and letting people down. Especially when they keep saying, why are we so bad when we were top last year? And why isn't Chris Willock playing? So with that in mind, when the team surrender possession so easily once again on a roasting hot day, just to let Sunderland pretty much do what they wanted in the second half. I've just snapped. Um, You know, a home game where you don't win a corner or get out of your own half and have 29% possession, 10-minute or not, that's just not good enough, is it, Kev?
1: Well, no. Um, Started off the game well, obviously got a a, 1-0 ahead. And um, and sort of Jack Colback has sort of let the team down really there because it's a rash challenge that, it's not really needed because it's not like a lot la- it's not in the last third or someone's cleaned through and he's, he has gone at the time I thought oh that's a bad one and then watching it back it was he was he was high but also he lunged off the ground and the, the rules are the rules you lunge with your two feet off the ground and it's, yeah, whatever you're gonna, you're gonna go I think the ref got it right and it was high it was above the ankle and Sort of on the shimp, hopefully, you know, yeah, you get thankfully he had good shin pads because you don't want to see anyone get, get seriously injured in the football pitch. But then, yeah, you're right. And and the factors are you're down to 10 men, you're playing against a team, Sunderland, who are very good at keeping possession, very good, they're a very good team. Tony Mobro has been a very good manager over the years, and you know how he's going to play possession based football, move the ball from side to side. And it was roasting. And I was roasting in the stand watching it. I remember thinking, my head's burning here. And I said to my friend who was with me, I've been on that pitch before when it's roasting. I think the worst was when we beat Blackpool at home. Uh, and it was absolutely burning that day. And Blackpool were a black kid. <laughs> yes. And um, what you, I'm always saying it was as hot as that. But what you got to do is keep possession when you have the opportunity. And we didn't. And it was a matter of a case of, when we surrendered possession turned the ball over they kept it for ages and they moved it from side to side and to keep chasing a team in that heat with 10 men it's tough going it's tough going because one one is tough on physically and toughest mentally and there's times in a match where you think because just physically the mental thing goes your mental goes and physically you can say oh i won't go and close him down because i'm a bit tired here and that's when Good teams can open you up, and that's what they did. But we didn't. We surrendered possession far too um, easily. And I I read your text, your tweet. I thought you were correct, but then I can understand Steve Cook's um, angle. He's probably come off that pitch absolutely knackered, thinking I've done gave 100%, and you know his counter is. You know, everyone's got different opinions on football. Everyone so. I wouldn't take it too personally, (laughs) in.
0: Oh, no, didn't take it personally at all. Although the fellow that offered me out for a bare-knuckle boxing fight, because he didn't agree with me, I thought was a little bit over the top, but there we go. Um, But the point is, the thing that really got me is that, you know, as Steve Cook articulated, that I've never played a game of professional football in my life. But when you're leading 1-0 with 10 men and you've got eight minutes of injury time, I just found it, why is Begovic booting the ball downfield? and it's just coming back, you surely just keep the ball, move it around, you know, make them run a little bit. And that's what annoyed me really, because it's just such a, such a shifting mindset from how they played under previous managers where, you know, they did build from the back. It just seemed, and then Begovic is kicking the ball into the stands. And it just seems to be way, you're just giving the ball away needlessly because as you say, players are running around, they're tired. You have got to kind of keep the ball better than that. not just lump it down the field and let it come back. I mean, Am I being too simplistic in thinking that, or? Well, no. There's two ways of looking at it. You either
1: you think to yourself, you go to a a four-four-one. Look, I played in matches when someone's got sent off, and you sort of say, and I played and sort of said to myself, and I'm I'm the lone front man, and you sort of say to yourself, I used to say to the team, whatever, I'll look after these two centre halves, and basically we're still man for man. Do you understand? So let me deal with them get some good balls into me, chest, uh, under, head height, so I can get hold of it and we can build if you're going to go long. Or if you're going to roll it out, roll it out. And and we didn't. We just lumped it high, really high, and they just picked up possession. And in that heat, I go back to that heat, and you, you're chasing all the time. We're going to pick you off. They're a good team. And you're just, like, hanging on, hanging on. And I, 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 I remember uh, I was in the bar and someone said to me, I heard Sir so QBR fan that the optimism was brilliant. He said, he said, um, he went, I, I don't think we're going to, it was 2 1. He said, I, I don't think we're going to win this. I'll take a draw now. I was looking at him thinking, well, the way we're playing, I'll take 3 1.
0: Mm. And and the thing is, as well, like it was, it just seemed to me that in the second half, it was just get kick it straight back to them and sit deep and sit deep and sit deep. And, sit deep and you know, and they're just popping it around. And it just, you, it was so obvious they were going to score and how they were going to score. Yeah, what they do, they, and, go, and they go
1: down one side, they have an overload. And
0: yeah, couple, yeah. You know, and it's, as you say, Mowbray's a good manager and they're a good side. But I mean, keep your know, story like, at home when you're playing against a side that you're know, the better sides at home, it's usually they don't get turned over like that. It just looked passive and weak. And, you know, all right, yeah, you're down to 10 men. But I mean, the last time I had a man sent off was. Um, against Blackpool two years ago and, you know, they won that game 2-1. You know, Sunderland are a better side than Blackpool, don't get me wrong, but it's not impossible to win a game when you're 2-1, but you just got to be smarter. It's, it just, you know, I look at it sometimes and that was my, what annoyed me was I didn't see a game plan. I'm looking at it going, what is the game plan? Apart from just lumping up front to Armstrong. You need to,
1: all I can say is in them situations, I've been in a 10-man team. You, When you do get the ball, you have to keep it. As long as possible, and then try and get up the pitch and create something if, you, if you're if you losing. But to give the ball away as cheaply, look, it's just, you just can't do that, especially in, in, in the heat like that, like that. It's a massive factor for me, the heat and 10 men. You've got to keep it as long as you can,
0: move up the pitch. See, for me, the goalkeeper is a bit of a concern as well because it's the keeper that sets the tempo, start from the back. And I don't think, you know, I. He's an experienced goalkeeper who's played for big clubs in the Premier League. Still comments on various Premier League clubs and their transfer policies, but that's a a discussion for another day. <laughs> um, and I don't really, I don't. I'm looking at it thinking, is is this, is this Kev? Sorry, from a player's point of view, right? Friends, point view. Is it a manager? Does a manager tell the goalkeeper what to do, or is it? Does he expect the goalkeeper to make the decision? Is it? Well, it's a bit of both, is it, is it, is it kind of? But sure, I'm looking and thinking, your experience, mate. You've played all these games, and you're just, you're you're not doing what? what the manager? So the keeper's got the ball, and then you're thinking, right? Your full-backs
1: go wide. Your centre halves go as deep as they can, and you either roll it out to one of them or the full. Or if they're getting closed down, the other one is a little diagonal over to the left back or to the right back. But if the, the instructions, and I'm not saying these are the instructions from the side, but if the instructions from the side is to the center halves are and and the, the full back get up the pitch then he's made the decision for the goalkeeper he has to now kick it hmm. and a couple of a few of his kicks just went straight into the paddock which was poor you know you got when you kick it you aim for your biggest man and if you're the biggest man up front sinclair or Lyndon dykes you go i me personally you park yourself on the smallest defender who you think you can get the most joy out of you know, if you're playing Liverpool and I'm playing Liverpool, I'm not going to go and park myself on Van Dijk to win the headers. I'm going to park myself on the smaller one or on the fullback and go from there. So the players have got to work that out themselves on the pitch. But if, the, like I said, I'm not saying this is what's happened, but if the manager is saying or Steve Cook or Morgan Fox is saying, get up the pitch. Yeah. So I can see the, what, what the thinking is. Kick it long. Everyone squeeze up the pitch, make it as tight as possible, kick it long. But then the centre forward's got to make a good challenge. So the defender doesn't win a real good header. He has to win a header where it drops down into the midfield. And if the pitch is condensed, then you pick up the seconds. That didn't happen. Either the kick wasn't good enough, it was too floated over the heads, and the centre forward didn't make a good enough challenge on the ball. to either hold it on the chest and then play from there, or to make the centre half not win a good header. Now it's all well and good because I means people used to say to me, Kevin, you don't win any headers, you don't win. And I used to say, Well, I don't I'm not trying to win headers because who am I flicking it onto? If you're the last man, who are you flicking it onto? If you haven't got runners behind you, you're just gonna be flicking it onto the goalkeeper. Mm. What I used to try and do was either try and get hold of it onto my chest and play from there, or make sure the defender never got a good header on it. So then it would drop into the midfield and then the midfield would react and whoever win that second ball goes off mm. and play. So there's different ways of doing it, but I, I don't know what the, we can't. I can't say what the instructions from the site, whether the managers tell them to push up or the defenders or the keepers telling them to push up. Mm. But again, oh. lack like of possession cost us big time last night for the first 20 minutes and on Saturday against um, Sunderland. And this is the thing that I've been saying about the home form. If you the away form is okay because we're setting up not to lose. But when you've got a player Swansea you haven't won all season or no disrespect that other teams are down there like a robber and when it's, our crowd are expecting us to win and the team are probably well and the management is but then you're playing like a counter-attack and letting them have the ball at home it's going to be a tough 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 season I think
0: yeah I mean in fairness they were a little bit less direct last night there was a lot more rolling the ball out from the back and from the back and I don't know if that's because Swansea was sitting deep and you know trying to defend their lead but you know but my thing on Saturday as well was that you've got Ilias Chair when he's involved he he makes things happen you know he set up the goal for Kenneth Powell and you know that was a you know tremendous finish and put the cross in for Dykes last night and I think when you're just going that so direct all the time it takes him out of the game it does. And he was almost like a passenger in this. the second half against Sunderland. It was almost, even, you know, what's the point in him being there? Because he just didn't really see the ball, you know, to get forward. And I mean, that's what I found really frustrating. It's like, okay, you're down to him in this sort of good side, but you've got to have a go. Didn't, they didn't win a single corner. let have a it, single corner. If you, if you, look, no
1: offense to Sinclair, has got a lot to learn. He's been, I think he's been overhyped by the club and the yep. expectation is too high. But he can't get hold of the ball. He wants to run in behind. And there's times and especially last night, he's got to come and show, not wrestle the defenders. He's got to come and just link it up, play and move. Now, if you do go a bit longer and you've got someone who can hold it, then you can get Ilias chair in the team. But at the moment, we're going long and it's it's not sticking. And it's just coming straight back. He was great for Neil Warnock when he had Target Helderson. QPL went long. Mm. But he got hold of it and he could win a header and he was very under... Well, I didn't underrate him, but, you know, I thought he was an excellent centre-forward. he was a very good player. He got hold of it and guess what? Who was was 10 yards off him? Taract. Now we're up the pitch and he's on the ball in the last third. And you've got a centre-forward who can get hold of it, then that's okay. But at the moment, it just keeps coming back. Now, Linda Dice scored a good goal last night. I'm sure he'll play. He'd be itching to play. I bet he was very disappointed not to start last night. Hopefully, he's that man to get hold of the ball. But, previous years, he's not the greatest at getting old. He's he's great at flicking it on. He can win ahead and flick it on. But he's not sort of a link player, if you know what I mean. Mm. And they, QPR needs, needs someone like that if they're going to go long.
0: Yeah. I mean, looking at some, there were some positives from last night. I was pleased to see Chris Willock you know, get 75 minutes. And I, I thought he showed signs of Edging back to what we know he can do. Um, he's had a very, very bad injury, you know, it's been a very much stop start for him with that hamstring problem. But it looked as like he might be sort of trusting his body again. You know, you obviously when you played, you'd had your fair share of injuries and you know, that very serious injury he had at Portsmouth. How mentally tough is it to get back to knowing what you can do, but trusting your body can still do it?
1: It's difficult. He had a hamstring. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that hamstring injury—we tore a hamstring off the bone. Yeah, that's and, a task. and then and then it, and then it sort of the problems that have stemmed as a result of that since. And I think, and, sorry, and I think that Gareth Jones did say in in the uh, fans forum thing, like well, the other week, that the other night, that um, that was a reason for bringing in this guy from Ineos Cycling um, to look at the injuries and why they're happening and the loading and. You know, in fairness, Mick Beal did bring him back too early in, in the se- in the season last year and it worked. He scored that amazing goal against Middlesbrough, but it perhaps had, did, it was more detrimental to him than it was positive because he was brought back too
1: soon. Yeah, it's, it's tough because I pulled my hamstring too many times and uh, it's only when you get maybe a run of games and training, but games more, more importantly because you can train as hard as you can you can never replicate a full 90 minutes or you know the intensity of a match i mean you can try to but it's very difficult i don't think in my time playing you could never ever replicate training into a, a match so he will he'll be thinking in his head look you know i'm training if he gets a month of matches so 75 minutes was it last night yeah be interesting to see a quick turnaround for Birmingham wouldn't be surprised if they go more solid in midfield and he might come on for half an hour and then the following you know week gets another maybe eighty or ninety. And if he gets on that roll and trains constant consistently then your body you trust your body. But there's nothing worse where you're thinking in the back of your mind if I sprint for that ball it might just go mm. off, being a bit tight here. So you need a run of games, a running of training and managed properly by the staff. And it might take him four to six weeks to get back to what we all knew he was, you know, at the start of last season.
0: Yeah. But so, I mean,
1: I mean, last night, there's, look, there's one thing he can do. He can get hold of the ball in tight areas, get his body there, twist and turn and come out with the ball. And not many, Elias chair can do that. And not many other players can sort of, you know, under pressure keep hold of the ball and keep possession
0: and he can do that because just watching you know jack clark looks like the sun the Sunland game again jack clark looks like he's sort of fulfilling the potential that tottenham had when they signed him for 10 million pound from Leeds as a teenager i thought he, he looked really good against um against rangers and a much better player than he did when he was on loan at rangers um three years ago he, he you know but he okay. was doing things that I've seen Willick do numerous times that cutting in, getting behind the defender, causing problems. And
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and I think that sort of added to the frustration of, well, why is he not? Why is he on the bench when he, we got a player who can do what this fella can do? And he's sitting there warming up on the touchline. But for me, he has to play every week, whether it be 60 minutes, 65 minutes, him and Cher have to play. Yeah, because that's when we were at our very
1: our best spells when they sort of were combined that little combination of that down Mm. that left hand side where they would they were superb and they were scoring worldy goals and you know that was the difference of you know of winning matches is you know Mm. Willet gets the ball and scores against Middlesbrough and it sets you off and and if you've got someone like that and they have a team wary of them, it'll actually they go drop deep and it creates more space for your chairs and your Willet. Because they're dropping off and then then the gap between the defence and the midfield becomes bigger and they get more time and space on the ball to go and do what they're good at. is taking players on, creating chances, crosses and having shots on goal.
0: Mm. But, um, you know, and the manager would have been very pleased because it was like seven or eight players lying on the deck at the final whistle. They've obviously given everything and left everything, nothing in the tank. So... You can't fault the commitment and the effort. And, you know, I thought they, they probably deserved the draw at the end of it. You know, they... And he needed that point. I mean, I think it would have been a pretty dark Wednesday today had they lost that game last night.
1: Yeah, it was... Um, yeah, I think... I think... Yeah, I think overall we deserved a point because we did... We were more of the aggressors and the... After they scored, um, they didn't really offer much. But the, the, the thing is, and there's no getting away for it, Swansea are a poor team. They're not a good team. Mm. And they'll be coming away from that absolutely delighted that we that they got a point at QPR, absolutely delighted because I, I don't see unless they've got some a lot of injuries or um, they're going to spend a few quid in January. I think they'll be down there. Like I mm. thought last season when we played Cardiff, I thought they were the worst team I've seen at QPR for a long time, and and they were down there at the end and they scraped they scraped it. But Swansea a poor team and. Need to be beating those teams, especially at home, and, if, and mainly because it's the home. And for the fans who turn up week in, week out, this is QPR. It's your home. You need to start winning matches at home. There's no getting away. I mean, we no tippy tappy around. This
0: is you know we need to start winning some football matches at home. Yeah, and, and that's the thing as well. Like that, you know, f- well forever. QPR. have always the home form's always been solid. It's away from home. It's been problems you know, picking up wins away from home. And that, that sort of, you know, begin, began to change under Warburton in his first season. They were winning games sort of semi-regularly away from home. And the away form of the last sort of four or five years has been largely quite quite good. But, I mean, the last sort of 18 months, the home form has just been, it's just dropped off a cliff. And it's very hard to work out why, because, you know, we we can lay blame all, on aims all we want. But this does sort of stem, stem back to previous managers as well. I mean, why do you think that is? You think it's a mental well, thing now? I
1: don't know because it's not as if there's massive anxiety in the crowd. I mean, the crowd, yeah. I think, is superb and supportive. Um, I think the setup yesterday, I'm just talking about yesterday, you know, was wrong. I thought Dykes definitely should have started. Um, Sinclair Armstrong, for me, is more of a, you know, we play Birmingham on Friday and it's we're winning 1-0 or it's 1-1, say, for instance, and... And they're putting on the pressure, and there's a lot of space in behind where we, when we win it, we break. That's when he's at his best, running towards the goal, you know, chasing balls down and you know, chasing down the defenders, and then defenders under pressure, and they kick it out for throw And, you, and you've got you, you've got yourself sixty, seventy yards up the pitch. Now, yesterday, the ball's coming into his feet. This is not his strength, and this is something he needs to really practice and learn. Is is to hold the ball and, and link the play up you know he he was a poor a poor miss and he thought he was offside i'll give him that because that happens but it's the link up play and the general play and, and sort of he was offside quite a lot in the first half because he's trying to run in behind all the time but sometimes it's it's not on because if if your midfielder hasn't got time time on the ball he ain't going to be able to find you to run in behind so he needs to the set up, I thought Lyndon Dyke should have started, and, and it's all well in hindsight me saying that. So, um, but looking back, definitely Lyndon Dyke should have started, and that has got nothing to do with the goal he scored either. But you need someone, you know, or maybe play both of them. But then, like you said, you want you'd like to see Willock start all the time. It'd be mm. interesting to see on Friday. He might start with both two centre forwards.
0: Yeah, I, I think. I mean, he's had a lot of football for his age. He's playing for Ireland. He's playing under twenty one for Ireland. he's you know, I mean. It, I think you know, I think it's inevitability him being the hype. I don't think it's all cute the fault he's been hyped. I think he's a young striker. Strikers, you know, score the goals, but he's also very hyped in Ireland. You know, he's quite an endearing interviewer. You yeah. Know, I see I think, you there and that sort of thing, and it's growing. And I think he's a boy that wears his heart on his sleeve. He's very yeah, passionate he's, lad and very frustrated.
1: I seen him yesterday, uh, Saturday when he came off, he walked off the other side of the pitch and he kicking them the goal and then he hits the, the corner flag well Walker he's frustrated he's fr- frustrated lad and, and yesterday I saw him on the bench and he was so frustrated and because I do think he's being overhyped and when you're overhyped you, and, and, and ain't working out for you you get double frustrated
0: mm. you know and I'm, I might be minded to maybe start on the bench at Birmingham and, and bring him on for the last half an hour just to kind of that's probably,
1: probably you know that would probably we'll see what the game plan is. The game plan might is keep it tight. You know, look, we're going to sit back. We're going to concede possession because that's what we've done all season. That's what's going to happen. I'll be very surprised if QPR go on the front foot against uh, Birmingham on, on Friday. I might be wrong, but we haven't been on the front foot at all this season at the start. So we're going to play like that. And then, you know, last half an hour counter attack. If it's nil, nil, mm. because they'll be wanting, they'll be putting on the pressure.
0: So, Yes, it's a bit of thought for the for the staff and see what they're going to do. I think what's mildly frustrating as well is that you know the game at Cardiff and the game at Southampton and in particular they when they do go on the front foot they look quite good. You know, Smith, Paul Smith done well as a wing back. You know, he's going to have problems against good wingers. Because he's not a, he's not a defender, but I thought again he had a very another very admirable game last night. He's very willing. He gets forward. He's... Know, down and, you know, I'm not too sure about these, these 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 long throws, they're sort of just normal throws, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean but, but uh, his, his normalish throw led to a goal on, on Saturday against Sunderland, so he can't be too critical of it. But he's got yeah. his big wind up and he sort of throws the ball and it gets like to the sort of... so that's another thing. I mean, throw. I don't know. Why this long throw is okay. I mean,
1: we last night Lyndon Dykes in the last few minutes, he's just scored taking a long throw in. Now, right at the end, when we've got him under a little bit of pressure, I don't see how, why a short throw of feet and back and a cross into the box isn't better than this long throw, especially if it did, Linden Dykes is taking it.
0: He's the one who should be in the box. He just scored a header. He should be in the box, scoring. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that the three centre-backs being up long throw, you know, it could work. That's maybe what they're thinking. But yeah, I, I, I get where you're going. But what I'm saying is, like, can't you just get a feet and back and cross it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, again, again like, what, what's been slightly disappointing, I think, is that, you know, at, at Wickham, when Dobson and Ainsworth were there, they, they were kind of had a reputation of being a good set-piece team and we haven't really seen anything from set-pieces yet. When they haven't scored from a corner or a free kick, it's still, you know, maybe it's just work in progress, but...
1: Well, that's surprising because we've got people who can deliver a good ball. I mean at chair's got good technique to whip a ball in as you see from the cross so yeah but two things in set pieces the delivery's got to be right and then you've got to have someone who's brave enough good movement to win the header but the delivery has to be right if you ain't got the delivery you ain't got the second bit You can just right out the window there's there's no
0: second bit delivery has to be right hmm okay well rangy is uh you know, going to announce the signing today of um, USA right back uh, Reggie Cannon from Bovista. Now, for me, this is a hugely exciting signing, just purely because I can't wait to see. Keep you having a right back called Reggie and a left back called Kenny, um, but <laughs> but uh, Reggie Cannon—he sounds like an Eastern gangster, doesn't he? Reggie and Kenny, yes, um, but. Um, but, but no, in all seriousness, though, it's, um you know, probably a signing they need to make. I, I, I haven't seen him play. I can't, I'm not going to comment about if he's any good or not. But, you know, he's playing in, you know, the Premier League in Portugal, which is, a, you know, a good league. Um, and I think another right back is probably what they need. Well, yeah, because we haven't got any, we've only got one. So you
1: need backup or you need competition for for one. Um You wouldn't go in a season with only one goalkeeper, so why would you go into a season with only one right-back? Yeah, interesting signing. I don't know anything about him, but we'll soon find out and we'll soon make some comments on him, Ian.
0: Yes. <laughs> like we do. We do. But Reggie and Kenny, I can't wait. Um, <laughs> no. but, uh, right, looking ahead. So, Birmingham City, Friday night. Keep your first um Sky fixture of the season. Uh, Rangers have, a, by and large, a quite good record at St Andrews, although they were Beating 2-0 um on the TV up there last year. and um, the famous night where McBeal had a flag in his honour saying your loyalty will never be forgotten after he turned down that move to Royal Hampton Wanderers. But you know, that seems a lifetime ago, doesn't it, Kevin? that
1: flag been burned?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, I must say though, just 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 to say though, they're at, the guy who makes the flags that have been unvald off is they're absolutely world class, they're brilliant. Yes, I mean, yes, uh, so good. I mean he's um you know the ray jones one on on, on saturday i thought was a real class. you did you play ray jones i did yes yeah yeah so my, you know, my brother joe's youth team my qpr yeah yeah and um and the one for trevor francis at the um Ypswich game was absolutely tremendous so um very good yeah it's um yeah and i'll say that it just go on to the support as well the fans have been good i mean the support at home has been really good i think you know it's been pretty thin gruel at loftus road you know and this the, the, the crowd are still behind the team, and I think you know they deserve better. I mean, they really do. You know, eleven um, months one uh, win, it's it's uh, it, it, it's not good. It's not good. So, you know, it needs to pick up. But anyway, sorry, but looking ahead to, to Birmingham on Friday. Um Rangers go up there. Birmingham had a good start to the season, but and they've now lost three of their last four. Um some QPR links up there with the manager um John Eustace, who was Mike Wilburton's number two, he's done a They've done a very good job there, to be fair. You know, pretty trying circumstances. Um, they got bought out in the summer. You know, NFL great Tom Brady's uh, part of the ownership came up there, but um, and they've also signed Ethan Laird and um the uh, Roberts Sanderson. Yeah, uh, uh, they got Dion Sanderson as a captain. Um, Tyler Roberts and um Ethan Laird. Now, surprise, surprise. Tyler Roberts is injured and not playing. And uh, Ethan Laird is injured and not playing. So, um, but uh, again, up there, again, it's, it's it, you know, it's going to be a, a tricky game. Every game in the Championship is, but I think you shouldn't really go there with any any kind of real fears. No, I don't think so. I think uh, away form is pretty
1: good. Um, I'm, Obviously, I'm more concerned. I've been very vocal, very concern, concerned about the home form. But away form, uh, pretty good. Won the last game, didn't we? Middlesbrough. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, good, good result. Um, yeah, very good result that was. Um, yeah, I think I think we could get started. I think a 1-1. One, one. I'll go for a 1-1. One, one. You know, quick turnaround, but both teams, quick turnaround, like when, you know, today they'll probably be in, everyone having a warm down, massages, ice baths, etc. bit of training on um, Thursday, a bit of shape, a little bit on Friday. Well, yeah, maybe a little warm a warm down on Friday and and, and Friday night play. Um, but QPR's form away from home and performances other than the Watford game away from home have been pretty good. So I don't really know much about Birmingham, but I'm, I'm going to go for a
0: 1-1. Yeah, I will go for a draw as well. I think I'm going to go for 2-2. Um, entertaining game on a Friday night. But um, yeah, they've got them, Stansfield, the boy online from Fulham, who... He's, he's done quite well there. He scored again um, last night against Preston, I think it was. Um, he's done well. He'll be a threat. He played it was linked with QPR. I don't think there's ever anything in it. I don't think Fulham were going to let her, one of their best young players come to QPR for fairly obvious reasons. But, um, yeah, he'll be a threat. And, I mean, I, I think maybe he will change it up a little bit. I think if Clark Salter's fit, he has to play. I still think he's the best centre-back at the club. Um, I'd have him in there. Um, Cook's obviously gonna gonna start, and then, um, you know, and Jimmy Dunn's coming back as well. So you have got some options coming back in defence, and um, but hopefully, yeah, they can carry on this this, this good form away from home and uh, come back with 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 three points. So um, okay, well, thanks a lot, Kev. No problem. Um, I shall speak to you next week. Bye now. Podcast Network.